Okay, coming guys, coming guys. Guys, today we play against Foggy in Crystal Palace. And just until two days ago, guys, who was the manager of Crystal Palace? It was Patrick Vieira, guys, the Foggy Arsenal legend. And this is so Foggy ironic because yesterday was Foggy St. Patrick's Day, guys. So today we make it another St. Patrick's Day and we play for Foggy Patrick Vieira, guys. We destroy his old club in his own memory, guys, for him. One more thing, guys, before you go out there, I need to share this truth with you, guys. Guys, every single fucking morning, I wake up to my beautiful fucking wife, rock fucking solid, guys. You know why? Because I think about the fucking Premier League trophy, guys. Every single night, I cream myself at the thought of the Premier League trophy coming to the fucking Emirates. So today, guys, go out there, win, and make us one step closer to the fucking trophy, guys. Make me cream myself tonight. Okay, guys, let's fucking go with us. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's wrong? Tell daddy. I know. Arsenal is just trash. Mm -hmm. Yo, look. I'm frustrated too. I'm frustrated too. Mm. Mm. I mean, fam, listen. We, we are going up against a team that's worth a billion pounds. In Man City, I mean, how do you compete? I know, Mikel Arteta is still the one. I still believe, I still believe in the process. I still believe in the project. I get it, you're frustrated. I'm frustrated too, kiddo. Damn. Yo, Arsenal's out here making my kid cry. Damn. I mean, come on, bruv. Saka's out here missing penalties. I mean, come on, bruv. Do better. Martin Odegaard. He's out here giving the ball away. Do better. Ugh. Dang. Arsenal, man. Ghana's worldwide are just crying, bruv. Worldwide. My son is a gunner. Ah. Oh. Man, I, I know, kiddo. I know. I know. This is how I feel inside. I want to cry too. I want to cry too. This is how I feel inside. Let it all out, kiddo. Let it all out. Arsenal. You bastards. Arsenal. Kiddo. Yo, I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Damn, Arsenal. Damn, we, we bottled it. It's gone. It's gone. Damn. Damn. Might as well is an audio gallery that showcases the rejection of the binary frailties of good and evil in favor of truth told via comically allegorical jeremiads in other words
think it's disgusting that you're working at this time on a Sunday? Have you got nothing better to do? We are permitted to start work from 8am on a weekend. We've got to crack on or we're going to get in the neck from the bus. Yeah, fair enough we started a bit early, but, you know, I don't see what the problem is. My son is a lawyer and this is breaking <laughs> noise pollution laws. And I'll have you know, there's a family across the road with a newborn. And all this racket is bound to make give them a load of stress. Well, if we're causing them stress, they can tell me. We're causing you stress. I don't mind starting a bit later. We can ask the client if he's happy with it. That's fine. Is your client the woman who lives here? Yeah. Right, I'll speak to her then. <laughs> it's not necessary to bang that hard, is it? Look, I'll bang on this door as hard as I want. Don't you tell me what to do. I'll tell you what to do. She's she's proper crackers. Uh, what is going on here? No, just ignore. I just crack on with the job. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. What did you say? Just tell my colleague to crack on with the job. I don't think so. You make any more noise, and I am calling the police. Okay, that's fine. We've got a license, so we'll just we'll, we'll work with it. We'll tell them that we're allowed to. Did you give these men permission to start work here at this time on a Sunday morning? That's, you're absolutely disgusting. You should be ashamed of yourself. Working at this time of the morning on a Sunday? <laughs> He's off her note. Jesus Christ. Fine, look, we'll just crack on. Just yeah. ignore her, mate. Yeah. Just ignore yeah. her. Yeah. Mate, she's doing one with the ladders. Mate, what? she's doing one with the ladders. She's off, look. <laughs> Oh my god, where's she? <laughs> She's look. What? You've done one. I don't, mate, I'm not jumping now, no. It's, it's well far. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to get down. Welcome to Might As Well. Bitch, buckle up. This is not NPR. So without further ado, the great Maui Ma. Rest in peace to Jerry Springer. I mean, bruv, yo, hey, who the fuck are we without people like Jerry Springer? Who are we as a community, as a people, as a species, as society, as a fucking culture? Who are we? I mean, bruv, study the fucking milieu. Study the milieu, bruv. Right? Jerry Springer did a lot for our fucking culture, bruv. He did a lot for us. That man was a fucking entertainer. That's what he was. Bruv, we need mediators. Like Jerry Springer. Motherfuckers like him are important because they are catalysts for chaos. Right? They are agents of chaos. We need that. We need that. Right? We need that to feel human. We need chaos to feel human. Entropy. That's what we need. Right? Who the fuck are we without entropy? Bruh, thank you to Jerry Springer. This nigga got sick for a couple of days and then he died. Uh, he died at home, bruh. Hey, what a way. Hey, what a, what a way to go. What a way to go. What a fucking way to go, bruh. For such a chaotic man, bruv, this nigga died a super peaceful death, bruv. That's what life is all about, right? Life is all about being chaotic when you are still out here kicking, when you are still out here wilding. Life is all about chaos. And then 
and then silence, right? Tranquility, peace when you die. On your fucking deathbed, bruv, life should be peaceful. But bruv, hey, while you are still salubrious, while you are still healthy, bruv, listen, be chaotic. Be a fucking disaster. Be a mess like South Africa. Be a fucking mess like the African National Congress, bruv. Hey, last week, on the 27th of April, South Africa celebrated Freedom Day. I mean, bruv, hey, I got a question. Bruv, what's Freedom Day about? Besides, hey, besides casting ballots, besides X marks the fucking spot, besides voting for the fucking ANC, what's Freedom Day about? What is it about? Hey, Maui. Maui, hey, people died for your right to vote. People, hey, people died for you, Maui. Hey, thank you, I guess. Hey, dear dead people, dear dead black South African motherfuckers, thank you, I guess. I guess. But my question is, bruv, hey, look at South Africa right now, bruv. Is this what y'all niggas wanted? Is this what y'all niggas huh, died for? Is this it? Is this it? Study South Africa, dear black dead motherfuckers. Study South Africa. Is this what you niggas wanted? Is this what you motherfuckers envisioned when y'all died? When y'all died for South Africa's future, is this it? I got a question, bruv. Hey, I got a lot of questions. Fuck a question. Right? Fuck a question, bruv. My whole vibe exists in plurality, bruv. Hey, I got questions. I got questions. What the fuck is Freedom Day about, bruv? Is Freedom Day about the country or or is it about the ANC? Huh? Is Freedom Day about you and I or is it about Cyril huh? Ramaphosa, bruv? Hey, what's Freedom Day about? Do you motherfuckers celebrate Freedom Day? I mean, bruv, hey, hit me up if you do. I mean, what, what the fuck did y'all niggas get up to on Freedom Day? What, what did y'all do? Nitaanya tutofuni kupu. Yariyo. Manje lezi. Yariyo kupu. Ati nyomuzo mna. Ah, ni wala wa sebeta. Maybe no. Ati nazozo sebeta. Eh? Ati nazozo sebeta. Marabega funa in. Iku. Manje. Ah, <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
Hii ni chunga man. Atu. Did y'all exchange gifts on Freedom Day? Uh, did y'all fucking read the Constitution on Freedom Day? What's Freedom Day about? And bruv, do you motherfuckers feel free? Do y'all feel free? Huh? Do y'all, hey, do y'all feel free? Because bruv, hey, let's keep it a buck. A lot of motherfuckers I know don't feel free in South Africa. So bruv, what's Freedom Day about? And yo, don't get it twisted. Nelson Mandela was Tabo Besta before Tabo Besta. Let's keep it about that nigga. Nah, Nelson Mandela had a lot of fun in prison. He was out there writing letters. I mean, bruv, this nigga wrote a book in prison. Hey, how much? Huh? What? What? Yo, nah, he had, he had a ball in prison. He had a ball. Lest we forget that he was imprisoned on an island. That shit, bro, that shit is a fucking resort. I'm an island boy. I'm just trying to make it. And I'm an island boy. I'ma keep it like an island boy. I'ma keep it like an island boy. I'ma keep it like it's wild one. But you better really keep that gun. I'ma keep it like I'm up in the sun. I've been really at your food gazing. I'm like, boy, what you really saying? I told him I would pull up like a super saiyan. I'm trying to be out the greatest. Hey, look, I'm an island boy with my vest on like a guama man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'ma keep it like an island boy I'ma keep it like you two old guns You gon' keep it like you real deal run You gon' be like damn old son They keep playing while I clap the buns I'ma keep it like an island boy I'ma do it, I'm just island boy Oh, I'm an island boy Trying to make it I put my vest on, yeah Like a guamama it's Jeffrey Epstein's private island in the Caribbean. Some even refer to it as pedophile island. Hey, I'm a just island boy. I'm a just island boy. I'm a good key white boy. You know what I keep that done. I'm a just island Jeffrey Edward Epstein and my residence address is 6100 Red Hook Boulevard in Virginia. I'm a just island boy. I'm a good witness described your penis as oval shaped and claimed when erect it was thick towards the bottom but was thin and small towards the head portion and called it egg shaped. Those are not my words, I apologize. But as Mr. As Mr. Critton has stated that this 
Robin Island was a fucking resort. To Nelson Mandela and the fucking gang, bruv. Hey, Robin Island was basically the seashells. Robin Island was basically Bora Bora, darling, Bora Bora. All fucking facts, bruv. Hey, have you seen? Have you seen the images? Huh? Have y'all niggas seen the images? Of Nelson Rolihlahla Mandela in prison. I mean, bruh, yo, how clean was that nigga? I mean, bruh, hey, he was a political prisoner. Bruh, hey, where, where does one find the fucking time? Huh? Where does one find the fucking time to iron in prison? <laughs> bruh, hey, Nelson Mandela... Looked better in prison than he did outside of prison. I mean, bruh, hey, he looked fly in prison. He was out there chilling. He was Tabo Basta before Tabo Basta. Nelson Mandela is the Tom Mutsipe. These are all fucking facts. What's Freedom Day about? What's Freedom Day about? The president addressed the nation last week. <laughs> right? Right? As you do. As you do on such a holiday. Right? He addressed the nation. Bruv, hey, hey, this nigga invited diplomats from Cuba and Iran. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The president addressed the nation. Right? And bruv, hey, he invited. Bruh, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Okay? The ANC basically had an event. Right? To celebrate Freedom Day last week. And bruv, yo, hey, they had... Cuban diplomats and Iranian diplomats in attendance. Bruh, hey, if you know anything about anything, bruh, hey, if you know, hey, let me tell you something. Because evidently you don't know nothing, bruh. Hey, Cuba ain't free. Okay, bruh, Iran ain't free <laughs> so bruv what the fuck hey what the fuck were were Cuban and Iranian fucking diplomats doing at a freedom day event I mean bruv hey talk about talk about a contradiction talk about bruv hey okay hey get Farago Get mixed masala, get kagamzuke, bruh. What the? Hey, bruh, talk about a disaster. They had motherfuckers from Iran attending an event about freedom. If you know anything, hey, if you know anything about about anything, if you know anything about about anything. Right? Anything about... Hey, hey bro, AAA. 
Triple A, bro. Yo, nah, nah, yo, Triple A, my baby. My baby put that fucking battery in me. I'm a father now, bro. I'm here popping off, bro. Triple A. Triple A. My son put that fucking battery in me. Here I am, Triple A. Triple A. Anything about anything. Bruh, hey, get energizer bunny. Get energizer, get energizer bunny if you know anything about anything. Okay, bruv. If you know anything about anything, you know that that Cuba is a hellscape. Right? Right, the fucking Castros are wildin' over there. Right? Niggas, niggas run Cuba ha, with an iron fist. Bruh, Energizer Bunny, Triple A, if you know anything about anything. Anything about anything. You know that, you know that Iran Giddy Helling Satan. Right? Satan is in, bruh. Hey, giddy hell. Hey, bruh. Energize a bunny. Triple, triple. If you know anything about anything, you know that Iran is a hellscape. Motherfuckers be out there on a killing all day, every day, killing their fucking daughters for dating. Niggas are out there killing girls. Young girls for rocking the wrong burka. Right? If you pull up rocking a Gucci burka, niggas, niggas, hey, bako beraka. Kaka, kaka. Get my sipper, fella, bra. Bako, hey, bako beraka. Kaka, kaka, bra. Hey, energizer bunny. Energizer bunny. If you know anything about anything, you know that Iran ain't fun. You know that Cuba ain't fun. Right? Triple A. So, bruv, my question is, why did we have Iranian diplomats at a Freedom Day event when they know nothing about freedom? When they know nothing about democracy, bruv. Hey, the president stood up there, right? He was out there waxing poetically about South Africa's democracy. Which is a beautiful thing. He was out there talking about our fucking constitution. Right? And how beautiful our country is. He was out there waxing poetically about how, how diverse our cultures are. Right? We are the rainbow nation after all. After all. That's who we are. Triple A. Energize. Energize a bunny. Triple A. Energize a bunny. What the fuck, bruv? South Africa. South Africa is a mess. Rest in peace to Jerry Springer. He raised us. Right? People like Jerry Springer. Hey, fuck people like Jerry Springer. Nah, Jerry Springer. Not people like, nah, not people like Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer raised us. I'm a product 
of Jerry Springer. Let's keep it a bug, bruv. His fucking show was incredible. <laughs> right? That shit, bruv. Nah, that shit was amazing. That shit, that shit was incredible. Drama, drama, darling, drama. All the fucking drama. Right, he paved the fucking way for people like Maury, etc. Right? Who the fuck are we without Jerry Springer? Who are we? Look at the world. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's fighting. With a baby okay. in a goddamn okay. echo chamber, you, and you want to talk to me about being fucking okay? Okay, okay because you, you're yelling. So That's is the baby. baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that motherfucker pay extra to you? Okay, no. So, so, oh, 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 fuck you and shut up. No. You disturbing me now. I don't give a fuck. You were you were sitting there watching that motherfucking baby cry for forty Okay. That shit didn't have nothing to do with nothing. Or your voice. Fuck, lower that baby's voice. He's an asshole. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I'll okay, the baby the fucking talk to you. have somebody to talk to. Good. Good. No good, no fucking problem. I know an attorney just like you, motherfucker. I got rights. Now we work it the fuck out. We had to go through all of that. It's worked out now. Heading to Orlando now. He's refusing to get off the plane. So now we're all getting deplaned. He tried to plead his case that he had a right to yell because there was two adults with a crying baby and he shouldn't have been disturbed. Well, that's probably not how his wife imagined their Florida getaway going. We've got wars galore. Niggas, niggas don't want peace. Nah, -uh. niggas don't want peace. They want problems always, bro. Hey, humanity is beefing with itself. The world is on fire, bro. Look at Sudan. What the? Hey. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on in Sudan? Huh? Look at Ukraine. I mean, bruv, hey, we all know what's going on over there, right? Vladimir Putin is basically out there committing war crimes. There's what it is. However, FYI, huh? F hey, FYI, here's a little, here's a little TMI for you. Alright? Because I got the fucking info. I got the juice. Bruv, Zelensky was planning to drop a bomb on Moscow on the anniversary of the war. Kaboom, boom. World War Three. 
Right? Right? If that was to happen, bruv, hey, if Zelensky was to drop a bomb <laughs> on Moscow, World War Three, right? Right? That would, hey, that would literally, that would literally spark up a world war. Bruv, hey, I just became a father. Okay, bruv. I just became a husband. Yo, can I just enjoy my life? Can I just enjoy my family? Just just a little bit. Can I live? Can, bruv, hey, can, can I, can, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I fucking live, dear old man? Worldwide, how about die? How about that? Bruv, if you are over 60, I, th I think, you know, I think you gotta go. You, you are done. It's over. Because these niggas, yo, old niggas, old niggas be out here beefing all day or day. Old niggas, hey, DJ Spoo, Caesar Zomo, hey, old niggas. Well, what's going on, bruv? We've got wars galore. We've got Nota versus fucking Bianca Costa, right? Versus Chris Excel versus... Pen will I, I mean hey number one who the fuck are these people? Number two, hey, what the fuck is going on? What's going on in South Africa? Don't we have bigger problems? Bruv, hey, don't we have bigger problems than who's subscribed to Twitter Blue and who's not? Hey bruv, don't we have bigger problems? Now, bruv, why the fuck is everybody panicking and talking about prime energy drink, bruv? Hey, don't we have bigger problems like HIV and AIDS? Don't we have bigger problems like poverty? Don't we have, bruv, don't we have bigger problems? Isn't poverty a problem in South Africa? Then... Why does it seem as if, bruv, hey, why does, hey, why does it look as if, bruv, hey, why does it feel like everybody's on Twitter? And everybody's beefing about Twitter. Huh? Bruv, hey, hey, what happened to the two billion rands in KZN? Huh? Bruv, hey, that fucking money was meant to feed the kids. In KZN. Huh? What happened? What happened to the... Bruv, what happened to the... To the two Billy? That was meant to feed school kids. In KZN. What happened to that money, bruv? Huh? Hey, what happened? You know what? Fuck the money. What happened to the food? What happened to the food? Huh? Because the food was not supplied to the schools across the province. Niggas are still hungry. What happened to the two? Bruv, don't we have bigger problems? Huh? Niggas are out here talking about Twitter Blue the whole fucking day. Bruv, don't we have bigger problems? South Africa, don't we have... Hey, have you seen... The unemployment rate. Bruv, we've got the highest unemployment rate in the world. 
And niggas are out here talking about Twitter blue. Hey, Caesar Lomo, you are subscribed. Hey, hey, Caesar, didn't you say, didn't you say, huh? Didn't you say you are never gonna subscribe to Twitter Blue? Didn't you say? The fuck is going on? Huh? Hey, bro, don't we have big? What happened to the two billion rands? In KwaZulu Natal, the kids are hungry. The kids are starving. Bruv, listen. Hey, let's keep it a buck. Let's keep it a buck. Hey, these fucking stories about Shaga Zulu aren't enough, bruv. Okay? The stories will never be enough because the kids are hungry. The kids are starving. Okay, bruv? Niggas be out here talking about, oh, yeah, you... You are from a great tribe. The Zulu tribe. Eh? Shaka Zulu. Eh? A great warrior. Nigga. Hey. Hey. The stomach. Hey. The stomach. Yummy. Right? The stomach. Hey, bro. The tummy. Yummy. Yummy. The tummy. Yummy. Hungry. The tummy. Yummy. Yummy. Ain't got anything yummy in it. Ain't got anything yummy. Yummy. Yummy in it. Right? Meanwhile, my kid is out here gobbling up the fucking milk all day, your day. Every kid deserves that. Okay, bruv? Every kid deserves a fucking a meal or two. A meal or two. Are you a big fat bastard who loves eating at Outback Steakhouse but thinks the portions are too small? Well, good news, fat ass, because now there's the Outback Steakhouse Extreme. We don't have a bloomin' onion, we have a bloomin' pumpkin! You know what else we got? Elephant steaks! 50-pound elephant steaks! And why don't you wash it down with 40 ounces of malt liquor and ranch dressing, you fat fuck? Outback Steakhouse Extreme! Punish your toilet! A meal or two because you can miss breakfast. <laughs> because the idea that breakfast is the most important meal of the day Ain't true. It's a fucking myth. You can, hey, a meal or two, right? In the fucking tummy, yummy, 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 bro. Hey, my kid, be out here gobbling up the milk all day, your day, bro. Hey, my baby boy is satiated, satiated, and bro, he's growing. <laughs> they, bro, hey, they legit grow up super fast. I mean, bruh, this kid is getting taller by the day because he's fucking tummy, yummy, yummy. It's full. Right? He's tummy, yummy, 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 you're so fucking cute. Bruh, his tummy is full. Right? Baby boy, baby boy, bruh. Hey, he's tummy, yummy, 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 fucking cute. My kid is so cute. Jim Rob, I just wanna gobble him up. He's so fucking cute. Right, because his fucking tummy is full. South Africa, don't we have bigger problems? Don't we have bigger problems? Huh? But then again, you niggas don't give a fuck. Y'all don't give a fuck. Because, you know, Jerry Springer. Nobody gives a fuck, bruv. Right? We love train wrecks because Jerry Springer taught the world, right, that hey, it's fine. 
A train wreck once in a while is fine. Hey, fuck it. A train wreck all the time is fine. Right? As long as we are alive. That's all that matters. You feel me, bruv? That's all that fucking matters. A train wreck is all good. It's all good as long as you still exist. That's all that matters. Right? Living. Right? Who cares about the fucking cost of living crisis? Dear United Kingdom, we don't care. We love fucking train wrecks. Brexit was a fucking train wreck. We love that shit. Thank you, Jerry Springer, for teaching the world how to stir shit up. Right? Niggas like Jerry Springer know how to fucking stir the fucking pot up. They make life exciting. They understand that there's value, there's fucking entertainment value in losing your fucking mind. There's entertainment value in failing. Right? Failing your people. Right? There's fucking value. It's it's fucking amusing, right? To watch the fucking ANC fumble democracy. It's incredible. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's fucking comical in nature. Thank you, Jerry Springer. Thank you. Right? You taught these niggas how to move. You taught the world how to move. You taught the world how to behave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thank you, Jerry Springer. This what it is in it. This what it is in it. Salutations, Jerry Springer. Right? That's what life is all about. <laughs> don't we have don't we have bigger problems, South Africa? Don't we? Huh? Don't we have bruv, don't we have I mean, hey, hey, we have the president of the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, right? Out here pulling up to South Africa and landing on his own runway. <laughs> Let that sink in, bruv. Hey, is South Africa a banana republic, bruh? Hey, thank you, Jerry Springer. Bruv, the president of the UAE landed in the Eastern Cape, right? On his own runway. <laughs> Where it is he paid 20 million rands. To build his own runway. Right? This nigga pulled up with around, what, 500 people? He pulled up with a fucking entourage. <laughs> right? And landed on his own runway in South Africa. Right? A fucking sovereign nation. <laughs> Bruh, are we a fucking banana republic? Hence I ask, what's Freedom Day about? When other people run the country. Right? When the United Kingdom still runs shit over here, bruv. Right? We are a part of the fucking Commonwealth, aren't we? Right? We are Commonwealth, in it, in it. That's who we are. <laughs> bruv, hey, what's Freedom Day about? What's Freedom Day about when the Chinese run everything in South Africa.
What's Freedom Day about when the Russians run everything in South Africa? What's Freedom Day about when the fucking president of the UAE is able to build his own fucking runway in South Africa? Bruh, hey, what's Freedom Day about when the gold mafia is out here ripping Southern Africa to shreds? The gold mafia is wilding in Zimbabwe. They wilding in South Africa. What's Freedom Day about? What's Freedom Day about? <laughs> bruh, hey, AAA. I got them fucking AAAs, bruh. If you know anything about anything, right? You know that, hey, South Africa is looking... Is looking kind of funny. Right? South Africa is looking kind of funny. We looking funny in the light. On fucking God, bruv. Right? This is who we are. We are a country that cares more about Hotman and his fucking shenanigans than we do about starving kids in KZN. Nobody cares about the kids. And then you motherfuckers have the audacity to talk about the future. You niggas don't care about the future. Y'all care about Hortman and his fucking online antics. Bruv, hey, dear South Africa. Isn't Hortman an alleged scammer? Bruv, hey, I'm, 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 I'm confused. I, ay, 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 ay. Please, bro, just, just, just break it down to me. Isn't Hortman an alleged scammer? Isn't he allegedly out here scamming people? Now, hey, now, why, why are y'all treating him like a celebrity? Why are y'all treating him like a person who has impacted society in a positive manner. I'm hey I'm confused I need clarity why is Hortman out here behaving like a Bonang type B what? Hey, I don't, I don't get it. He's out here moving like, 
like a person who earns an honest living. Why is he behaving like, bro, I don't, hey, is he DJ Maporisa? Like, I, I don't get it. Is he making his money, his gua from the entertainment industry? Does he DJ for a living? Does he rap? Does he sing for a living? I don't, hey, bro, is he large? Does he play for pirates for a living? I don't, hey. I don't get it. Does he fuck the cast off blood and water for a living? Bruh, I don't get it. What does he do? He's allegedly a scammer. Now, why do we care about his relationships? Hey, we love train racks. Right? We love motherfuckers like Hortman because they move like Jerry Springer. They stir shit up. Right? Bruh, and I quote. Nimzuela <laughs> mistake, Mara. You are forgetting she bricked Ukarabonai. Why should rules now change when it comes to others? Kitrain. Chayemi. End quote. Wise words from an indecent man. What man? Bruh, hey, wait, wah, 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 wah. Word is he's cheating on his girlfriend slash baby mama. Like, you know, hey, why do we care? Isn't this guy supposed to be in prison? <laughs> I don't get it. Why, why do you care? If Hortman, hey, who's an alleged scammer? Why do you care if he's cheating on his girlfriend or not? Isn't he supposed to be in prison? Because he's allegedly scamming people on Instagram. Hey, on social media in general. I'm, I'm confused. Why has this alleged criminal... Right? Why has he been elevated to celebrity status? I don't get it. Bruv, we have, hey, South Africa is a disaster. We have celebrity homeless people in South Africa. How about help them? How about house them? Niggas be out here talking about Alostro, hey, Alostro this, Alostro that. How about help him out? How about that? Instead of taking videos of Alostro, asking motherfuckers for five rand, talking a bunch of bullshit, making up stories, instead of documenting this fucking. Hey, instead of documenting his mental illness. How about help him out? How about that? But then again, this is South Africa. <laughs> right? Right? This is South Africa. Waka waka eh eh. Waka waka eh eh. This is South Africa. Right? Get train. Chayem. Hey, Why do we, bro? Why do we give a fuck about what Hortman said? 
Why do we give a fuck about what Hootman does? Bruh, hey, we got bigger problems. Motherfuckers are out here talking about Kinile. Kinile is allegedly Hootman's baby mama, aka girlfriend, aka the woman he's cheating on. Hey, wait, why do we care? Why do we know her name? Why does she matter? How dare you women? You sick, you're disgusting. You're filthy, you fucking kafir bitches. You women are kafirs. You bitches. Why isn't her boyfriend in prison? Why isn't she in prison? Because she benefits from every scam, huh? From every alleged scam. Bruh, I don't get it. I don't fucking get it, but then again, I get it. Right? Tissa. Tissa. This is South Africa. This is what we do. This is what we are about. <laughs> we love train racks. Right? We love train racks. Hence, motherfuckers are now talking about renting out Tabo Besta and Dr. Nandipa's mansion. Bruh, hey, wait, what? Yeah, word is you can now rent the house that Dr. Nandipa and Tabo Besta were renting for 72000 because, you know, Tissa. This is South Africa. We keep it moving. Get me. Right? In the words of Hotman, all aboard the choo-choo train, all aboard the choo-choo train, all aboard the choo-choo train, all aboard, all aboard Choo-choo Show with Genevieve A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, N, T, V, W, X, Y, and Z A, B, C, D, E, F, G H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P Q, R, S, N, T, V W, X, Y, and Z A, B, C, D, E, F, G Everybody sing your ABC. ABC. Get on your feet and sing with me. Sing with me. Just shout it out as loud as you please. ABCDEFG. Beginning A, B, C, D, E, F, G H, I, 
along get trained idea we love train racks why the fuck do we care about these people i don't get it but here we are here we are rest in peace to jerry springer here we are where the fuck would we be without my fuckers like jerry springer right we love motherfuckers like Jerry Springer. We love motherfuckers like Hortman. We love motherfuckers like Chris Exile. We love motherfuckers like Norta. We love motherfuckers like Penwell. They stir shit up. We love them. Right? We love them because we are South African. We love them because we are only human, darling. We are only fucking human. Never forget that. Right? That's why we love them. We love chaos. We love disasters. We love train wrecks. Chaga 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 into yawa. Here we are. Here we are, South Africa. Here we are. Here we are. We love this shit, <laughs> right? We love motherfuckers who stir shit up. Motherfuckers like, like those fucking goons at uh, at Mattel. Hey, Mattel, Mattel, <laughs> hey, hey, we know what you're doing. Hey, Mattel, Mattel, we know what's up. We know, hey, we, we get it, hey, we know what's up. You niggas, you niggas love the drama, right? Y'all love the drama. Y'all know what's up. Bruv, hey, Mattel has dropped a fucking Down Syndrome Bobby doll. These niggas have made a Barbie doll that has Down's syndrome. I mean, hey, hey, we know what you motherfuckers are doing. But in this case, I thought I would respect your desires. Yeah. Uh, thank you for respecting my preferred pronouns, Dinesh. I'm actually gender fluid. And so I wear scrunchies around my wrist so that uh, you can understand which pronoun I'm going by for the day. Because I know how you right-wingers don't know how to respect pronouns. So on pink days, I go by she, her. On white days, I go by they, them. Blue days, I go by he, him. And a very special red scrunchie is when I do the neo-pronoun dragon self. And that's usually during my menstrual cycle. It doesn't come out very often. And you actually lucked out today. I'm going by she, her. Uh, that could change by the minute, by the day, by the hour. Y'all are banking on the outrage that this doll is going to generate. Y'all want motherfuckers to get mad. Y'all want these right, racist, unwoke motherfuckers to get mad. And y'all want them to take their outrage to social media, to pull up to fucking Twitter, to pull up to fucking Reddit, and just fucking spew vile shit about this doll. Right? Oh, PC culture has went too far. 
Hands off my dolls. <laughs> right? That's what you want. That's what you want. Right? Woke culture has gone mad. Hands off my dolls. That's what you want. Right? You want people to say that so that you can flip that into profits. That's what you want. So that you niggas can pull up. Right? Looking like the fucking heroes in the story. So that you niggas can pull up as the fucking defenders of people with Down syndrome. When in truth, you niggas don't even care. About people with Down syndrome. You'll just want to make money from Down syndrome. Right? You're now using Down syndrome as a marketing tactic. I mean, bruv, yo, how evil are these people? Like, hey, how evil are these corporations? Like, I, you know... Like, like, how far does... Like, yo, how far are y'all willing to go just to make a buck? How far? I don't get it, bruv. Yo, we live in a crazy fucking world. Mattel is literally banking on the right, the far right, to lose its mind in order for them to market this fucking doll and then make billions from this doll. Right. However, you know, judging by uh, by the fucking, you know, by the trending topics, uh, nobody's talking about this doll really. Niggas don't really care. I mean, it trended maybe for a day, right? And then, you know, it just, yeah, you know, the bars just fucking subsided. Niggas don't care. However, dear Mattel, we know what you motherfuckers attempted to do. We live in a crazy fucking world, bruv. Right? <laughs> so, hey, salute to the far right for not losing their minds. <laughs> right? Salute to the far right for not caring enough about this fucking doll. Salutations. And, bruv, talking about the far right, Fox News has fired Tucker Carlson. I mean, hey. Hey, bruv, yo, I, 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 I. <laughs> I hey, I never thought, I never thought that I was gonna see the day. On fucking God, bruv, Fox News has fired their superstar, Tucker Carlson. I mean, bruv, hey, CNN has fired their superstar, Don Lemon. I mean, bruh, nah, 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 nah. Hey, this is beyond the end of an era. I mean, yo, I don't know. I don't know what to call this shit, bruv. Yo, hey, it's the end of everything. Okay? It goes beyond the end of an era, bruv. These niggas, CNN fired Don Lemon and Fox News fired Tucker Carlson. I mean, bruh, hey... Did they fucking coordinate this shit, bruv? Did they plan this shit, bruv? What's going on? 
CNN fired Don Lemon. And then Fox News fired Tucker Carlson, bruv. Hey, in the same week. In the same fucking week, bruv. Hey, welcome to 2023. It's a fucking disaster, bruv. <laughs> this year has been nothing but fucking disastrous. Oh, God. And, bruv, hey, I know. I know. We love it. We love it. Right? South Africa's youth unemployment rate. Hey, bruv, listen to this. Five years ago, <laughs> it was at 52%. Three years ago, it was at 59%, and uh, today, in 2023, it's sitting at 61%. This is who we are. Dear South Africa, this is who we are. Okay? This is who we are, bruv. We are the fucking Jonathan Majors of countries. Bruh, hey, what the fuck is going on with Jonathan Majors? What's, hey, what's happening in? What's happening in, bruv? Did he abuse or did he not abuse? What's going on? I'm confused. I mean, this fucking guy is now the Marvel villain, right? He's now the Marvel. Bruv, hey, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen to the MCU? I, I hey, bruv, yo, what's going on, guys? Ah, hey, guys, man. What's going on? The fuck are we doing? I'm popping off as if I ain't got a lot of life to live When in truth my slice of life is saved Joy can't drift my Sid Myers. Boost and lift the bullshit cause there's been bias I'm Prince Harry when the crown got a bad bias Even when banging an Antonin ass I've been pious In hellish times new havens were built by us So for every skull and bones we've got God bias And for every palace there's hype beasts and God bias Nigga, how dare you look at my pan like there's graphite for lead in it Ink flows like blood as if termites dead in it The boys chase starlight like there's bread in it The basket got shelled Europe is in the dark, the Russian bastard got shelled In a glass house with a block rock full of shale I hope my death brings forth peace and carriage in That way the calm will give entropy some oxygen And imbalance, balance is what I'm encouraging The cycle of life from meditations to narrow Slip a red card into tarot How you gon' kick the ball about like El Nenny wasn't a pharaoh Like Bully wasn't De Niro And a bag from the Caucasus didn't break up Jesus and marrow Oh my god our black heroes are types of ice cream and lard Meanwhile, Elon killed a mockingbird And Tom Brady went back wild And lifted the Vince Lombard I cleanse the broken, discarded and sullied Like the Appy's River I need the Praetorian Guard drive this narrative my children get to speak to me get to communicate with me i send them money we chat and as they get older because they're still relatively young i know our relationship is going to become stronger my children get to watch my videos they get to see their father more than some fathers who are in the household but may as well not be there
The guy is cooped up in his own lounge or he's always with his boys drinking or he's always out. But he's meant to be married and present. My kids get to watch me anywhere in the world. They get to rewind and go back. They've got my books. They can read my books at any given time. They have access to me. They have resources. And on top of that, they have loving moms and a great network from my family, from their mom's family and everyone around them. I just wanted to share some of that because sometimes we think we understand, but we don't. And sometimes it's easy to bash and whatever, but you know. So can you just stop this cuck? Because what you're saying now is totally, totally a lot of crap. Uh, I, I can't believe that you're saying this. And I mean... So you want to take over for Letterman. You want to host Late Show on CBS. Yeah, that's... Well, here's the thing with that, champ. That's short for champion. If you want to be a talk show host, it's better if you're funny. Now, there have been some guys who are not funny. Tom Snyder, David Suskind, Ted Koppel. But funny's better. Now, have you ever had any experience with being funny? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a comedian. You're a comedian. Well, I've known you for a week and you haven't made me laugh once. I had no idea you were a comedian. I thought you were a newsman. No, I'm not a newsman. I'm a, I'm a comedian. Jesus. Well, all right. Let's see it. See what? See the funny. Make me laugh. Go. Go? Go. Funny. Three, two, one. I'm go. I'm not that kind of funny. What kind of funny? The kind where you just say go and I'm funny. All right, I think you better leave my office. Jack, Mr. Dole, I, I look, there's different kinds of funny, right? There's different kinds of performers. I'm not that kind of performer. Let me tell you what kind of what you are. You're whatever you have to be to make people laugh. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. You turn it on on a dime. You get that belly moving, son, or you're out. Now tell the truth. You're just scared, like a rookie. You're like some kid at a talent show with a number pinned to your shirt. You got nothing or you would have shown me now. So get out. Thank you, have a nice day. Fine. Lick, I, I can't, I can't, I can't give up on this. I don't, uh, this is either a, a, a door or a wall for me, and I, it's either the beginning or the end. I, I don't, I, please. Okay, then. Let's see the funny. Three, two, one, go. Funny. This is it, bud. You want me to start at one and go up? One, two, three, funny. Okay, last chance and then we're really done. Done and done. Let's go, kid. You want the big gig? Let's see it. Make me laugh at the count of three. One, two. I just found out that um, 
My 23-year-old cousin is dating a 30-year-old woman. A 30-year-old mother of three. I mean, bruv, hey, listen, do you? Right? Because I really don't care about people's love lives like that. Right? Do you? If you want to date a cougar, do you? If you want to date a whore, do you? If you want to date a fucking stripper, that's on you. Do you? However, I got a question. Right? And my question is simple. Who is this woman? Because she's my age. Baby boo, she's our age. She's 30. She was born in 1992. This kid was born in the year 2000. The new millennium. Y2K. Right? Get in 2000. It is boy. This kid is a whole lot tweezy. He's a whole lot tweezy. And he's out here, bruh, he's out here dating a woman who's pushing 30. Listen, bruh, hey, if you are 30, right? If you are 30 with another 30-year-old, it's all good. You ain't old. However, if you are 30 dating a 23-year-old person, right? Just a guy, just a girl. It's love, right? Age is nothing but a number, right? Hey, if you are 30... Hey, age matters. Numbers matter. You feel me, bruv? You can't be out here pushing a whole Aleph number, <laughs> right? And then dating a kid who's pushing 23. Your number, hey, you have hit infinite. You are old. You are gone. You feel me, bruv? You have it. Nah, bruv, hey, you are old. Age Age matters. Numbers matter, R. Kelly. Hey, dear female R. Kelly, numbers matter. Okay, bruv? If you are 30 dating a 23-year-old, listen, you are old. But I got a question. Who is this lady? Because she's a lady. Right? She's somebody's mom. Well, yo, she's got three kids. That's a group. Right? She gave birth to a group. She gave birth to the Migos. She gave birth to Tear Gas. That's a group. She gave birth to Black Gold. She gave birth to Mafigizolo. She gave birth to Malaika. That's a group. That's a group. If you got three kids, you gave birth to a click. Right? You're one kid away from birthing the Wu-Tang Clan. All facts. Three kids is too much. I got one kid. And he's out here terrorizing my wife. When this kid sees my wife, he sees a milk factory. He sees Clover. He sees Pamela. He sees Danon. He sees Nestle. My wife is Nestle. These are all facts. Right? My wife is a whole OptiPro container. <laughs> Right? It's insane. I got one kid and this kid. Yo, bro, he's a lot. He's a lot. Right? Imagine three kids. This woman, <laughs> bro, yo, she knows and understands the stress that comes with three kids. Bro, uh, my mother is damn near 50. She doesn't know the stress that comes with three kids because she's got two. Right? Two 
should be the cut off. Hey, bruv. Hey, once you have three kids, guess what? Guess what? <sighs> you, you, you are. Li- hey, you are old. It's a fucking wrap. Wrap it up. Right? Wrap it up. You can't be out here trying to be Beyonce. Beyonce's Beyonce. Beyonce got three kids. And your bruv, even she's hiding her other two kids. Because she's ashamed. Right? You can't be out here turning your house into a beehive. <laughs> Just filled to the brim with a bunch of kids. A bunch of bee wannabes. Nah. Two is the cutoff. Legit, bruv, these are all facts. I got a question. Who is this woman? Who is this lady? No, no. No, no. Do you think, do you think that, uh, do you think this lady is, is one of Penwell's baby moms? Mm-hmm. Huh? Is she, bruv, is she Penwell's baby mama? One of Penwell's baby mamas. Penwell got four kids. Well, no. Six kids with four different women. He's got four baby mamas, bruv. Hey, is my cousin dating one of the baby mamas? Because, bruv, listen. This woman got three kids. Right? And evidently, my cousin, he's present. He's going to be a stepfather at the age of 23. So he's, he's present. Right? The kids get to see him in flesh and blood. And I'm pretty sure these kids are now calling him Papa. Right, when he pulls up, rocking all black, listening to Yeet and Playboy Cardi, the kids be like, dad, dad, dad. And by the way, the kids are his age, basically. Right? <laughs> they are a part of the same cohort. Aren't they all Gen Zers? Right? They're all Generation Z. So when he pulls up, right, listening to Yeet, the kids just lose their fucking minds, bruv. They'd be like, dad, 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 you're so cool. Dad, you're so cool. Right? He's present in flesh and blood. I'm concerned about that. Because Penwell's kids don't understand the concept of flesh and blood. They don't understand it. Especially when it comes to their father. Right? It's a miracle when they see their dad live. <laughs> right? Live and in action. Right? It's like flipping a fucking, uh, you know, cartoon movie into a real live action movie. That's how, that's how unbelievable it is. Like, oh my God, what sorcery is this? Right? The Little Mermaid is no longer a cartoon. Ariel is now a black chick <laughs> from Grownish. Right? A series that was birthed from a series called Blackish. Wasn't Ariel white in the cartoons? Bruv, listen, if I was white... Yo, listen. If I was a white dude, I was going to be pissed off too. Imagine imagine that, bruv. Imagine the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air being played by Justin Timberlake. Or, or Timothy Chalamet. Ima- imagine Timothy Chalamet playing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I, I'm, I mean, yo, I'd be pissed off too. Right? Keep white characters white and keep black characters black. But here we are. This what it is. Do I believe that really? No. Because it's acting. It's all silly. It's all make-believe. It's all fantasy. It's all fantastical. Jesus fucking Christ, bruv. 
But I digress. I digress. Right? Penwell's kids don't understand the concept of flesh and blood. When they see their father bleeding, they're like, Papa, whoa. It's like, it's like, it's like they're seeing a mirage. Like, whoa. Whoa, look at this Tupac hologram. Oh my God, it bleeds. It bleeds. Right? They are not used to seeing their father in real life. Because their father is on YouTube. Right? Ah, YouTube. Ah, man, YouTube. I love YouTube. Right? YouTube, that, that magical land of Google advertising, monetization. Right? And uh, pedophiles. That's what Google is all about. If you are not on Google Premium, listen, you are bound to bump into a pedo or two. Right? Bruv, hey, how about buy your way out of the misery? <laughs> buy your way out of pedophilia. These are all facts. <laughs> Support small businesses. Okay? Support YouTube. It's a small business. Get yourself YouTube Premium. Buy yourself out of the matrix. Buy yourself out of Google Analytics and, and Google and Google Ads. No facts, right? Penwell lives on YouTube. Now, I'm concerned if my little cousin is dating one of Penwell's baby mamas. I'm concerned. The whole family is concerned, Right? My wife is feeding my kid right now because this kid is a little goblin. She's concerned. Right? She's concerned. She's like, yo, your cousin is dating a chick who's, who's older than us. <laughs> right? Because, bro, hey, that chick, I'm pretty sure she's now 31. I'm pretty sure she was born in, in Fab or March. I was born in May. My wife was born in August in 1992. This chick is our big sister. This kid is dating our big sister. Our aunt. Who art in wherever the fuck. <laughs> our aunt. Who art in Cougar Dom. These are all facts, bruv. I'm concerned. Everybody's concerned. I mean, bro, this bitch got three kids. Three kids. Three kids. She's a dunny. Right? She's out here moving like Rihanna, bro. Yo, Rihanna, yo, listen. Listen, after, after she delivers the second kid, Rihanna, hey, slippery slope. Right? Rihanna, hey, Rihanna is basically colored. And by colored, I'm talking about South African colored. Right? Legit. Bruv, hey, hey, if you know anything about colors, bruv, hey, once they have two kids, it's a slippery slope. Right? If you know anything about the Cape Flats or El Dorado, yeah, the city of gold. Hey, bruv, it's a slippery slope. El Dorado, bruv, niggas be like, yo, I'm going to Eldos. Right? Gold galore, bruv. Nah, ain't nothing golden about El Dorado. It's a slippery slope. Slippery slope. Right? She's out here moving like Rihanna, bruv. You feel me? And bruv, you're talking about Rihanna. I read somewhere that um 
that ASAP Rocky is uh quote creative directing his son's outfits. Does that mean? Bruh, hey, hey, ASAP Rocky's stylist came out and said, hey, ASAP has been creative directing his son's outfit. What does that mean? What does creative directing your son's outfits mean? Bruh, I'm looking at my kid right now. Right? He's rocking a vest. He's rocking a wife beater. He's basically a fucking loser from Detroit. <laughs> My kid is rocking a wife beater. He's basically Marshall Mathis. He's basically Eminem when he dated Kim. That's my that's my kid. Right? That's my son. Look at him. Look at him. He's gobbling up the milk. And he's ashamed. Because he's getting chubby. He's getting fat. He can't even fit in the vest anymore, bruv. He's out here stretching his clothes out. Gobbling up milk all day or dead day. All day or dead day. Right? What does create... Yo, bruv, what does that mean? Creative directing. Your kids' outfits. What does that mean? Because I'd like to creatively direct my son's fits. Right? Because my son... Listen. Yo, this is what I believe. Okay? This is what I believe. Kids should dress according to what they do. Right? Which is nothing. <laughs> Feel me, bruv? Right? Their jobs are nothing. Therefore, they should rock vests. And nothing else. Hell, hey, how about just for, just dress your kid in a diaper and that's it. Stop right there. Right? Just put a diaper on the kid and be like, yeah, that's fashionable. That's good. Because all they do is fucking pee, shit, and eat. Oh, and sleep. That's it. So they should rock fits that, that symbolize... What they do. Right? My kid is rocking a vest. A vest. Bro, listen. If I was a gangster, this vest was going to be bulletproof. But I'm not a gangster. I don't live in Eldos. Let's not get crazy now. Right? He's rocking a vest. He's out here. Dude, yo, he's destroying my wife. My wife can't sleep. Because my wife is the food. She's the food. <laughs> my wife is the food factory. <laughs> Right? We live in a crazy time. My cousin is dating a 30-year-old woman. I mean, bruv, hey, you know what, bruv? Hey, do you, bruv? Do you? Hey, dear cousin, I'm not going to mention your, your, your situation. I'm not going to say your name over here, bruv. I'm not about to drop your government. Right? Do you? You got yourself a cougar. Right? Hey, bruv, do you, bruv? It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. 
It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. It's getting spooky. Weird times. Global weirding. Fighting broke out in Sudan in mid-April. We've seen it on the streets and in the sky. Hundreds have died, thousands have been evacuated, millions remain caught in the conflict. And a watching world is asking, what's happening in Sudan and why? Well, let's start with the country itself. Sudan's here in northeast Africa. It's the third largest country on the continent with a population of around 48 million. Go back to the first half of the 20th century and Sudan was under joint British-Egyptian rule. It was effectively administered as a British colony. Then, in 1956, it declared independence. And from there, a number of military coups would follow. In fact, since independence, the military's been in power much more than civilian governments. Turmoil has been frequent. For example, in the early 2000s, there was a war in the western region of Darfur. There were also two civil wars between the Muslim North and the Christian South. These led to a new country being created in 2011, South Sudan. And one man straddled all of these moments and more. Because in 1989, Omar al-Bashir seized power in a coup. He'd hold on to it for 30 years. His involvement in Darfur led to the International Criminal Court, bringing charges of war crimes and crimes against humanity. But it wasn't that that took him from power. It was an uprising that culminated in 2019. Thousands took to the streets and then the army intervened and made this commitment. We believe that giving power to a body that is not elected by the Sudanese people should not happen. The aim, the army said, was to restore civilian rule, but to do that, it wanted to stay involved. It established the Transitional Military Council, which was a mix of military and civilian leaders. There seemed to be a limit to what the protesters could achieve. The revolution in 2018-19 in was something that people were very proud of. The civilians were finally able to push, uh, you know, Bashir and the, uh, the old military regime out. But I think the focus was always, you know, we might have been able to get Bashir out, but we weren't able to fully get the military regime out. And despite whatever promises were made, the Transitional Military Council didn't deliver civilian rule. And some Sudanese lost patience. In October 2021, they went back on the streets. And the military had seen enough. It arrested the civilian prime minister and took full power. And in the 18 months since, that is how things have stayed, with two men now central to Sudan's story. The same two men whose fighters are clashing now. We just saw General Abdel Fattah al-Burhan. He's here on the right. And his deputy is Mohammed Hamdan Dagalo on the left. Al-Burhan is the head of the army. He's Sudan's de facto president. Dagalo is also known as Hameti. He's the leader of Sudan's biggest paramilitary group, the Rapid Support Forces, or the RSF. And in theory, both men want to relinquish power. This is Hameti in late 2021. 
We affirm to our people our firm commitment to the transition to democracy and holding elections in due time in 2023. And here they both are last December, agreeing a framework to give power to civilians. But details of exactly how that would be done were never agreed, which some argue is simply because they don't want it to happen. Both have huge uh, investments in continuity, if you like. What they are most resistant to is handing over power to a civilian government. Instead of civilian government, then, Sudan has conflict, with both men playing for the highest stakes. This is about two men who know each other very well, the two generals who I have met. They hate each other passionately. This will go on until one side wins, until one of the generals is killed. And each side has substantial numbers. General Al-Burhan has the army. Some estimates put it at over 200,000 strong. Hermeti's RSF is estimated to have around 100,000 troops. And both men may have specific reasons that they don't want to relinquish power. First, remember I was talking about the region of Darfur earlier. The militia accused by the UN of carrying out atrocities was called the Janjaweed. And Hermeti's RSF has its origins in the Janjaweed militia. Hermeti's Darfur roots are also relevant here. And he really views his role as to be a protector of his tribe. He believes that his tribe has been treated as second-class citizens throughout Sudanese history. For his part, Al-Burhan is accused of involvement in the atrocities in Darfur, a conflict the ICC continues to investigate. Next, we have Hermeti's considerable financial interests, which are protected by his network of fighters, not least the mining of gold. This article picks up on this, arguing he, Hermeti, stated that he went to war to preserve the democratic transition. However, retaining large armed forces with an economic empire independent of the state threatened any possibility of a democratic transition in Sudan. There's an international dimension to this too. Hermeti has links to the Russian paramilitary force, the Wagner Group. BBC reporting has documented how Wagner fighters have been in Sudan. And here's Hermeti in Moscow last year with Russia's foreign minister. We also know Hermeti sells gold into Russia, all of which is relevant to the current conflict. Russia does have um, a lot of influence with the RSF and they have interests um, in a stable Sudan because their interests are making sure that they can export gold and minerals out of Sudan. Stability may be attractive to Russia. Maintaining the status quo may be attractive to Hermeti, whose power and wealth will be challenged if civilian rule arrives. Al-Burhan too appears motivated to secure rather than hand over power. In 2022, he dismissed five civilian members of the ruling council, all of which brings us to the 15th of April. The BBC website reports the shooting began following days of tension as members of the RSF were redeployed around the country in a move that the army saw as a threat. And whoever fired the first shot, fighting quickly escalated, including in the capital Khartoum as Yasmin Abdul-Mahid describes. Sudan is no stranger to you know, revolution and to military coup, but at no point has this ever reached the capital in the way that it has. And so, as the rivalry between these two men started to claim hundreds of lives, both offered their perspectives. Hermeti told the FT, the battlefield will define everything. We must do our best and leave the rest to the Almighty. For his part, Al-Burhan says, in this war, everybody loses. This war has to stop. Fighters need to go to their bases. That, though, 
is not what's happened. In different parts of Sudan, fighting goes on. There's a humanitarian emergency too. And many countries, including the UK, the US and France, have evacuated their nationals. What they leave behind is a conflict, which has the potential to do further harm. This is the UN. Sudan could become increasingly fragmented, which would have a devastating impact on the region. And even if one side wins, Sudan will lose. The hope remains that the fighting will stop. Maybe civilian rule will follow. But Sudan's history teaches us that neither are certain. Well, ICC, we must uh, get out of it. The ANC is confused. I've never seen such a confused organization that is controlled by white capital. The SG speaks from Litulaut, says we are moving out of ICC. The president speaks from Union Building, we are moving out of ICC. Same day, later in the evening, they come back, they say there was a mistake committed, uh, we are not leaving the ICC. How can the president and the SG commit the same mistake when they are in two separate places at the same time? The white capital that controls the ANC went to reprimand them immediately after they had spoken. What a, an international embarrassment because this was said in front of an, a visiting head of state. So if you don't know what these people are doing, just look at what they did uh, the last time about the ICC. We need to get out of the ICC because there is international inconsistency when it comes to application of the rule of law by the ICC. We cannot have people who committed genocides uh, being free and America not even be a signatory at, at the ICC, yet we must be a signatory. It's very clear that the ICC is created uh, to anyone who disagrees uh, with the American. So we cannot allow that. We cannot allow America to police us uh, by the rules that itself cannot follow. Why is George Bush uh, not in prison? Why is Obama not in prison? It is Obama who led the killing of brother Gaddafi here in Africa. So we cannot allow that. We cannot allow a situation where this thing is selective. President Putin is more than welcome here. And no one is going to arrest President Putin. Everyone who says that is blowing a hot air. Uh, I don't think uh, the Premier of uh, Western Cape knows what he's talking about. If he wants to meet his maker prematurely, he must try and touch Putin. No one can do that. Not even Biden can say such a, a regular statement when it comes to uh, uh, Putin. Putin is more than welcome here. You know, what he said, that Premier of uh, Western Cape, reminds me of uh, the 2019 elections when we were in a voting station after forming uh, the EFF 2014, not 2019, 2014 elections. My brother is a party agent there. And then he sees my grandmother's friends coming in to vote and they don't vote for the EFF. When he went home, he said to my grandmother, your friends must no longer come here. That day he knew who was the owner because my grandmother said that is not going to happen. And those people who did not vote for EFF continue coming into our family. So that boy of uh, Western Cape is a spoiled brat. Uh, he just behaves like some young uh, fellow who feels entitled 
and there is nothing he can do. I mean, if Putin goes to the doorstep of his house, he's going to jump like a, a, a fanatic. He will never, every, the, the mentality of arresting Putin will not be there. Because Putin, as we speak now, is a world hero. Anyone who stands up to the bully America is a friend of ours. Even if he's not a communist or a socialist, the fact that he's trying to create a situation where there is no one big brother, but there is an alternative in case we disagree with America, that person is welcome. And that's why the EFF support Putin and he's more than welcome. This is his who was standing here in Soweto today without soldiers, without police. This place during the struggle was an army base. We were not allowed to have any political activity here. Today, we are free because we fought those people with the guns that were given to us by Soviet Union. And at the center of the Soviet Union was Russia. And today we cannot turn against our friends who were there for us during a needy time and the most difficult time. We want to see if he's got balls. This is a serious test for him. They are setting him up. He must come out of that victorious. And on the with due respect, I find, I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to black Americans, to say that black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was black part of the Hang on, please. Freedom. I cannot keep a thought if you guys are talking to me in my ear. So uh, hang on one second. So to say that, that black people, say, say what you said again. Black people secured their freedoms after the Civil War. It is a historical fact, Don. Just study it. Only after their Second Amendment rights had, were secured. They That's were not secured their freedoms after the Civil War. That is not, you're, you are discounting uh, uh, Reconstruction. You're discounting a whole host of things that happened after the Civil War when it comes to African Americans, including the whole reason that the Civil Rights Movement happened is because black people did not secure their freedoms after the Civil War. And, and that things turned around. People would, tried to change the freedoms that were supposed and to And you know how they the got Civil it? War they got their Second Amendment rights, and they actually got, the NRA played a big role in that. But today, down the final... The NRA did the, not play a big role they train black Americans how to use firearms. That's a lie. That's not. The NRA did not play a big role. This is just historical fact. But down the part that I find because you say it's historical fact. The part that I find insulting is when you say today black Americans don't have those rights after we have gone through civil rights revolution in this country. You are sitting here telling an African American about the rights and what you find insulting about the the way I live, the skin I live in every day. Here's where you and I have the freedoms that black and white that black people don't have in this country, and that black people do have. Well, here's where you and I have a different point of view. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin. We should have this debate without me regarding views, you as a black man, but me regarding you as a fellow citizen. That you're That's sitting what I think here, we whatever ethnicity you are, explaining to me whatever ethnicity about I'm, what it's like to be black Whatever America. ethnicity I am, I'll tell you what I am. I'm an Indian American. I'm proud of it. But I think we should have this debate. Black, white, doesn't matter. I think we should have this on debate. On the content should, of the ideas. Do it, you should do it in an honest way and in a I fair way. And what you're doing is not in an honest and fair way. We appreciate you coming on. With due respect, Don, I look forward to continuing that conversation. Thank you. The conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Papa. We'll talk about China. Yes, does talk about time China. You come back. Oh, thank you. Much to we say back. on declaring independence from China. Okay, something you can add on. Now, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening. It's Tucker Carlson. One of the first things you realize when you step outside the noise for a few days is how many genuinely nice people there are in this country. Kind and decent people. People who really care about what's true, and a bunch of hilarious people 
also, a lot of those. It's got to be the majority of the population, even now. So that's heartening. The other thing you notice when you take a little time off is how unbelievably stupid most of the debates you see on television are. They're completely irrelevant. They mean nothing. In five years, we won't even remember that we had them. Trust me, as someone who's participated. And yet at the same time, and this is the amazing thing, the undeniably big topics, the ones that will define our future, get virtually no discussion at all. War, civil liberties, emerging science, demographic change, corporate power, natural resources. When was the last time you heard a legitimate debate about any of those issues? It's been a long time. Debates like that are not permitted in American media. Both political parties and their donors have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. Nah, I'm fine in the West. <laughs> I don't care, he's old. I poke bears, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Issues of uh, uh, personal protective equipment uh, that we are rolling out to all our hospitals, including issues of vibrators uh, that uh, we will need for our those that will need serious attention in ICUs in our hospitals. Senior United Arab Emirates officials, including President Mohammed bin Zayed Al Nahyan. Uh, are in the Eastern Cape. His family and entourage touched down in three planes at Bulembu Airport in Bisho on Wednesday for a visit to the area's game reserve. Now, reports suggest they're here to celebrate the official opening of a luxurious game reserve between Makanda and Bedford. Our reporter, Ronald Masinda, is tracking that story and joins me now. Ronald, welcome. What is the latest? All right, so what we understand is that uh, the planes landed on Sunday with some landing on Monday. What we also uh, are receiving in terms of the information is that there are around 500 guests, and this includes members of the royal family, as well as medical staff, as well as uh, private security and entertainers. And what we also understand is that uh, the president, as well as the royal family, they are here to celebrate the opening of a game reserve near Makanda. 
We believe that there was a lot happening here as well as uh, there was tight security. The Eastern Cape uh, provincial government, uh, we also understand, is that they applied uh, for permission from Home Affairs in order for this uh, airport to accommodate uh, these guests from the United Arab Emirates. We also have eyewitnesses who saw uh, the things that took place here. Mulnaba is a village, a stone's throw away from Mulembo Airport. Mulembo Airport being an airport. Uh, that was used during the old sky. It was decommissioned around the 1990s. So, Nobiso, you uh, saw everything. What's going on? was born as airport. Then, was born. Then, I'm a police, I'm a police on a machine. I am a pungit being a Marpolis and a Matuni Sunday, yeah. The Baboni Labandung will be Pumagosi planes. I planes on as Lendele at the Peak, Cassas Bonetin and Gapa, a friend. Then some spoonier bonas on and Gapa, go to a spoon missing again, then some upper in a pile. The Calcons have been Caluboni planes as Niskak. Your best Calus born like he is like a close, he was born like Papezul, and there's so two classes born. The pants back and the singer, a book, Then he learned the baby's child, Masses was born. Can you Thomas Nangin? Capanda Macho and Bacona by your band bending Ocolena, but Sam be Aboban to be a suka quiz play. Ah, because we got to a Gobona band Balap is playing in a bar of Nanga Babon, Nababafunu Bonaband to Abang Apagat. Okay, Sabule la Koshila Kongoska Kulu. Well, uh, this eyewitness is just uh, detailing, uh, William, uh, how uh, the planes, when they landed, how the military as well as the police, uh, they were cautioning people here from Nongaba village uh, not to interact uh, with uh, the people that landed on this plane. He also says that uh, those who landed were also not allowed to interact uh, with the residents. But what we also understand from the information that we have received uh, since uh, President uh, Sheikh Mohammed bin Al-Yahad landed is that uh, he uh, left with a, uh, a helicopter to the private game reserve, uh, the helicopter being brought uh, from uh, the UAE. So those are the details that we are getting at this stage. We will also be trying to get uh, some comment from the provincial government as well as an aviation expert with regards to the planes that have landed here. Now, Ronald, obviously the last time something like this happened was in 2013 with the Guptas landing at the military Waterkloof Air Force. I mean, when we speak about the alleged 20 million rand renovation that's been done at that airport, do, you, do we know anything else? Well, not at this stage, uh, but uh, what we do know is that the provincial government had worked tirelessly to ensure that everything uh, was legitimate, was done uh, according to the laws, because, of course, uh, 10 years ago, uh, a lot of uh, problems uh, led with that regards to uh, the landing of the Guptas. A lot of talk 
was around how uh, the Gupta family as well as people in power got away with things. So the provincial government saying that everything seemed to be uh, above board. Uh, they did receive, we did receive initially information that uh, only 60 people were set to arrive here, but it seems that a lot more uh, in terms of uh, the information, about 500 guests in total. Uh, so those are some of the information that we're trying to find out from authorities with regards to this particular visit. They are keeping mum at the stage, but we will keep trying just to get more information with regards to this particular visit. But what we understand is that uh, President uh, from the UAE and the ruler of Abu Dhabi, he bought land here two years ago and only started developing it uh, this year. And what we also understand is that around 2018, President Cyril Ramaphosa was in, in interaction with uh, the president of the UAE as well as uh, the leaders in Saudi Arabia. And that sort of also motivated uh, pre uh, the premier of the province, Oscar Mabuyane, to go to the UAE uh, where he was in conversation with the president of the UAE was elected in power last year and uh, that uh, visit was purely based on uh, trying to get investment and the uh, trade agreements uh, between uh, this province and the UAE and it seems that uh, there's been a lot of interest uh, for from the president of the UAE to come to the Eastern Cape where he owns a private land but uh, we yet to get any information as we understand that this that is a private land which is heavily heavily guarded uh, so no media houses have yet to also uh, try and get sort of comment from members of the UAE and the royal family uh, but we understand that they're also here to celebrate uh, uh, Eid uh, during this time and they are expected to spend about two weeks a year in the Eastern Cape. Uh, that was ENCA reporter Ronald Masinda live to us from the Eastern Cape. Who do you look at around the league as you're studying and say we're gonna have to run through them? Celtics. No one in the West. No. I'm fine in the West. Yesterday's Scopa hearing into corruption at ESCOM was a bit of a damp squib. Former CEO Andre Dereta refused to name the senior official he alleges is involved in corruption at the power utility. Despite being pressed numerous times by members of parliament, Dereta would not budge. Let's discuss this with governance expert Dr. Harlan Kluter. Dr. Kluter, thank you so much for speaking to us on South Africa tonight. Um, in, a, in a recent article, you said that Dereta cannot be held solely responsible for failures at ESCOM because governance must be a team effort. Um, and none of the 10 CEOs before him could seemingly get it right. You say if there's no common vision, then there's going to be disunity. And that makes perfect sense. Uh, but to every South African struggling under the burden of load shedding, it would seem quite simple that the singular vision ESCOM should be pursuing should purely be to provide electricity. So in terms of governance, where are we getting it wrong or where are they getting it wrong? Because they've got um, a seemingly highly equipped management team, well-educated and highly placed board. I think, I think thank you very much. Good evening to you and good evening to the, to the viewers. Uh, what, I, what I said in the article was that, you know, that there's always a bit of tension between the board and management. So the role of the board was to, is to appoint an, a, a CEO. And so when the writer was appointed, it was a vote of confidence in the abilities, in his abilities and what he could bring to ESCOM. But from that very public interview or exit interview uh, on this channel, 
he was very clear that he, he could no longer continue because he felt that he did not have the support, firstly, of the board and of the political principles. And like I said, you know, if there's no common vision about where the organization is going in terms of the strategic intent and a clear understanding of what is the role of the board and what is the role of management, you will have these squabbles, you know. It's like, it's like the African proverb says, if elephants fight, it's the grass get deserved. In this instance, it's South Africans that is bearing the brunt of a, of a governance crisis that we have seen over at ESCOM that is as a result of, of the last decade. We're seeing those governance issues elsewhere. We're going to get to that in a moment. I want to take a step back and look at yesterday's uh, SCOPA session. It didn't deliver the kind of answers that South Africans were hoping for. Uh, Dereta remained tight-lipped about this senior official that is supposedly directly involved in the corruption. And I suppose we can't blame him um, you know, if, if safety issues are, are a big concern. But what is your sense about how Dereta utilized or, or, in your words, uh, failed to fully interrogate the intelligence report that he used to inform um, his explosive uh, claims? Look, Dereta is the accounting officer in any in an organization like that. Dereta is the accounting officer. So if I appoint a service provider or I appoint a manager, to, uh, I, can, I can delegate that responsibility but I still remain the accounting officer. So if he relied his, his uh, uh, information on the information that he received on the, the reports, I would think that he's, he's interrogated it. And you know, there's the danger of the single narrative. It's, 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 it's two sides. So, so it's the writer's view on the other side. And all of these allegations have not been tested, for example, in a, in a court. But the writer's public exit exit interview was very telling you know he spoke calmly he spoke on what he thought that time was the truth and uh, he relied on 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 the evidence that was prevented presented to him and so uh, for a man to have a, such a public exit and to make the allegations that he has made you know it says something you say he should, in, in this recent article, you say he should maybe share that evidence uh, because you cannot make these kind of claims without bringing evidence to the table. Otherwise, it is, as you say, a single narrative. But given the, the volatility of the situation, how would you say he should have handled that? I think he has lost, I think for the writer, in any relationship, he has lost the confidence. The, the board, the board appointed him. He had the political backing of the governing party, and he has lost confidence. I think uh, Minister Godan has, at one stage, admitted that he was one of the people that the writer has spoken, spoken to about the crisis uh, in 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 Eskom. Uh, what the writer publicly said that, that it's it's the lack, it's the it's the inaction. Now this inaction we have seen in. In, at the SABC, we've seen it at the Tourism Council, we've seen it at other boards. It's almost like a pattern within our governance system where there is a lack of confidence or a lack of trust between the board and the accounting officer. Again, uh, coming back to what I'm saying, if there, if there is no, if there's no why, if there's not an understanding of what it is that we're trying to achieve, the job of ESCOM is to keep the lights on and to make sure that we that we plan 10 or 15 years ahead. If that is uh, 
if if we lose track of that and and start playing political games with the lives of millions of South Africans, this is the net result of that. So De Reiter has, has lost the confidence, I think, that he no longer trusted his principles. Remember, as the accounting officer, he's appointed by the board. And if the board appoints him, the board is saying, saying to him, we will back you. The board's role is strategy. The role of the accounting officer with his team is to make sure that, that, the, that the strategy is executed. We have a misalignment there. Because in one report that I read today, for example, the chairman of the board had meetings behind the writer's back with staff. Now, that is totally, totally, totally wrong. It's a, and, 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 and when that has happened, you know, you have this crisis. But this pattern is almost synonymous with all government departments, uh, uh, notably, you know, tourism, notably the SABC, and so I can go on and yeah. on and on. But, but we keep saying that we have these governance issues at SOEs. Do you think it's necessarily any better in the private sector? I think, you know, we do not, the, the private sector is not under such public scrutiny as the state-owned enterprises. You know, they, uh, uh, I read the other day of, a, of, of shareholders that are saying, you know, that CEOs shouldn't get so much in the private sector. But I'm saying public sector institutions and state-owned enterprises are under public scrutiny, and rightfully so. You know, they are there to serve the state, they are there to serve the people, they're there, there to see that, that, that South Africans, that this dream of 94 is, is achieved. Unfortunately, we have seen that, that where there's deployment, for example, where we have a, a competency problem, uh, uh, where people are deployed to board without the necessarily uh, skills, competence set, then we have these types of problems. I think this came out in the Zondo Commission. Our ESCOM, for example, was looted, was, uh, um, and PRASA, etc., etc., where these institutions were looted to ensure self-enrichment instead of making sure that these institutions deliver and work and function, function, to the betterment of society. You know, in this country, we've got the, the World Bank last year said, and I keep repeating this, the gap between rich and poor. The, we, we are now the inequality champions of the world. Uh, and, and, and so these institutions are supposed to deliver this dream of 94. That dream, I think, is completely lost. People have lost hope and confidence in the ability of the state and in the ability of these uh, uh, enterprises to act ethically and accountability, because that is what King Four says. The role of the board is to ensure that it provides leadership, strategic leadership, that it is ethical and it is accountable, and it looks at performance and steers the organization in the right direction. We have not seen this, you know, where people get onto boards to enrich themselves or they start fighting with one another, uh, which is not in the interest mm -hmm. of South Africans. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Clutter, and I'm sure many South Africans today, as we uh, observe Freedom Day, think about these very points that you've mentioned and feel disheartened that we're failing uh, to, to achieve the very freedoms that we're supposed to be celebrating today. Thank you very much. That was uh, Dr. Harlan Clutter. Um, still to come. I'll tell you what, he's turned the hands of time back. Davis elevating and detonating. It might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to 
to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right? So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates. And I think higher tax gets, gets us there. I'm a Keynesian and you disagree or an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers and they write their papers and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset, I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me, because I don't have any. I grew up in the shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame. But I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? What does that have to do with politics? What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like, defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know, a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant, and what do we do about that, and victims of rape. I, you know, I get it. I, of course I understand that, and I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So like, that's what that is. Well, what's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And that's kind of the point I'm making. None of this makes sense in conventional political terms. When people or crowds of people, or the largest crowd of people at all, which is the federal government, the largest human organization in human history, decide that the goal is to destroy things, destruction for its own sake, hey, let's tear it down. What you're watching is not a political movement, it's evil. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this, I'll put it in non I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. 
It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for a religious war. Far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not what, and I'm not, certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid-50s are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that. doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious. Like, why not? And I'm saying that to you not as some kind of evangelist. I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian. The Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future. And I hope you will. Yeah, first of all, fuck your plug, nigga, shout me. Spent 50,000 on my wrist, I could've caught I can't cut. Don't call my phone, this is for shoulder, unless you cop and leave. They charging 12 for the load, that shit'll rob me. Jump in the mood and hit the stool and tell them drop the beat. Pour a little drink, pat me the I'll probably pop the beat. But ask these bitches who I am, they know I'm pushing beat. I'ma tell these bitches how I feel and tell them what I feel. I feel like everybody rapping, talking about it. Nobody rapping about the bills or rapping about the blocks. Keep me safe and keep me focused. Focus, I stay nigga. away from all the fake if you ain't notice. Yo, bitch, get nauseous, nigga, watching all this motion. Yeah, first of all, fuck your plug, nigga. Shout me. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh my god. Uh, we, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay, uh, do you get do you get the promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide a house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me.
I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. Then we'll bring this fool in. Good morning, sir. What's your name? Me? Yeah, you. Yes. Nathaniel Saxon, sir. Your name's not Buttfucker3000, you yo-ho. Logging into my court with that as your screen name. Why would that be? that in a little bit. Uh, what kind of idiot logs into court like that? What's your name again? Nathaniel Saxton, sir, but I don't believe that I typed anything like that in. Well, that's what it says. Why? Well, well, that that's just not Yeah, me. you should. I'll put you in the waiting room. You can sit in limbo for a while and think about what you call yourself online. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Grossnickel, could you take your hat off, please? All right. He had missed an earlier date, but he's here now. All right. Good morning, everyone. We've got everybody with a name. You're all here. Mr. Saxon back in. Your Honor? Yes? If, if, I, if, if I may explain, uh, my sister was the one that set up my, my Zoom account or whatever. Um, that but ever um, is my iPhone uh, pairing name for my Bluetooth speaker, sir. It's an inside joke. Um, it's not what you think. I, I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed. I'm sorry. Well, you should be. All right, we'll come back to you in a bit. Uh, let's take right. care of some of yours, Mr. Barnes. We have Michael Owen. Baba, forgive us for being sinners. Sase him in the money, I'm putting nothing between us. Umdenu Pampi Guami, keep it coming as you feed us. The Gelim Pinchizami, I'm just praying that you hear us. Ask if I had an ego bigger than my penis. Ibo Bebas Buyel, about to be sexual healers. Abanya Babo, feel us. Abanya wanna kill us. My rubber never slips. If it pops, we need pillies and reflecting in my pain. Now come between mirrors. Nine millimeters away, but no killer. Sebas Planelum Lindelo, Nobu Mamuya Pila. Namen is shy as fool, but fuck, I go willa. Watch as we come alive and let nobody own us. Ayami Mali never dies, it goes through comas. Shine a no lie. Cherizabo's a spirit.
Imagine going for a job interview and seeing this many people in front of you. Well, this was the queue in Mumbai for a test to get a spot on the police force. What I find incredible is that all of these people have come out for what is actually not that many jobs. Police have told us there are 650,000 applicants and only 8,000 positions. This is Sumit's third try. He's praying this time he'll get lucky. If I get this job, my life will change because I'll receive a fixed income. I'll have job security. I'll be able to get married. If he doesn't get it, he'll still move here. India has the largest number of young workers in the world and the opportunities are in the cities. Sumit is one of many young people moving away from rural areas where they can't make enough money. And this flow of migrants is transforming megacities like Mumbai. I'm in one of the most crowded places in a very crowded city, so it's easy to see here that India has the world's largest population. The question is whether it will be able to keep up with it. My children will not come to school on Monday with a mask on, all right? That's not happening. And I will bring every single gun loaded and ready to, I, I will call every- That's three minutes. You can come past your time. It's a policy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll see y'all on Monday. Maui. My beloved baby daddy, please shoot all these fools. Our cyborg kids want to update their software. Beep 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 bop. I'm a robot, baby. Allah sent me here to destroy humanity. I love you. Allahu Akbar bitches. Stop shooting up my house.
they went on further to say inconclusive means that he cannot be excluded from the gun. My new attorney, Jose Baez, hired one of the best DNA experts in the nation to carefully analyze the same DNA test the fair and correct way. The results came back exactly as I knew this whole time. My DNA is 100% excluded and 100% eliminated from the gun. In other words, it's physically and scientifically impossible for me to ever have touched or shot this gun. After the correct and careful analyzation of my DNA testing, not only did our expert find my DNA 100% excluded and non-existent on the gun, but what's worse was the invalid and illegal tactics the prosecution chose to attain the results used to convict me. Based on the fundamentals of my DNA test, the only possible way for the LA crime lab to come up with an inconclusive result would literally be to stop the testing before it finished or completed its final result, which would have and should have shown completely my full exclusion on the weapon. In other words, District Attorneys Kathy Tarr and Alex Bott lied to my jury with false, incorrect, and incomplete DNA results, violating my due process and my 14th Amendment rights. My faith, my prayers, and my highest hopes go to the Honorable Judge Hereford that on May 8th, he rules in favor of the United States Supreme Court law, returning me to my freedom, my family, and most importantly, the justice of a fair trial.